This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. You're listening to AHP. Thanks for joining me. I do appreciate your time. And in just a few moments, you're going to be hearing from National Senator for Victoria, Bridget McKenzie. Now, I really, really enjoy, always enjoy talking to Bridget. She's been a very, very strong supporter of firearms owners here in Australia and also representing, you know, regional agricultural farmers in that region in Victoria. Um, We had a great chat. We talked about things like uh, women in shooting, self-defence, Tim Fisher in regards to the National Firearms Agreement in 1996. Uh, We also speak about the Adler lever action shotgun fiasco and what she thinks on those particular issues Um, again Bridget did say she wants to see no watering down uh, of the national firearms agreement but I did have to confirm when you do hear that she was referring to increasing uh, more restrictions on law abiding firearms owners I mean we see real world examples like Canada New Zealand Sweden Switzerland uh, who don't have any problems with these particular firearms uh, and they don't have registration uh, and there's not really an issue and real world examples prove that. So it was great talking to Bridget. Uh, we talk about Michael Keenan in regards to any changes to the NFA and how Bridget uh, will advocate for your rights in the Senate uh, to defend your gun rights here in Australia. So I hope you enjoy the show. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest, National Senator for Victoria, Bridget McKenzie. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30, and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Bridget McKenzie, welcome to AHP. Thanks for joining me. I do appreciate your time and being able to join me again. I think we did an episode for number 89, so... Yeah, it's fantastic to be back, Jason. No worries. And we uh, tell us about the uh, SSA AGM. I know you spoke there, and um, it was quite mm. popular as well. I think it was quite quite good. The things that you were saying in regards to advocating for gun owners, uh, not only for SSA members, but also for you know gun owners across the country. Yeah, well, I think it's really important that we have a calm, rational debate. Uh, too often, I think when we're talking about firearm ownership and the many, many positive benefits it brings, not just to the individual and their family, but indeed to our local economies and our sporting clubs, that we stay calm and rational. There's too often, there's too much emotion in the conversation. And I really enjoyed going to SSSA's um, Sydney branches AGM and talking with local members there about some of their issues and concerns, but also letting them know what I've been able to do in the Senate thus far and what I plan to um, do going forward. Excellent. What's been happening since we did episode 89? Any exciting things you can <laughs> tell my listeners? Not just in shooting, but you know what you've been doing for you know regional uh, people down there in Victoria, but also representing people across Australia? Yeah, sure. So the couple of things that I've been walking on outside of um, promoting the social, economic and environmental benefits of hunting and shooting is uh, we've got a beef inquiry going where back in uh, February last year, some processes in northeast Victoria, nine of them in fact decided not to rock up at the sale yards on the same day and effectively saw a huge drop in cattle prices that day because there were no buyers. Yep. Uh, so we launched a Senate inquiry into that which has really uncovered 
a culture of fear and intimidation, if you like, in the beef industry. So we're sort of kept us busy for a year and also doing some work into cooperatives and promoting that as an alternative model for particularly farmers uh, to use in order to get some competitive advantage through the supply chain. And what else have we been doing? We've also been looking at regional education. As you know, our kids find it really difficult to get off uh, to study. The families are often subjected to bills of twenty, thirty thousand dollars plus per child. And if you're a, a copper and, and a teacher uh, working in regional Australia, that represents a pretty big swag of your uh, take-home pay. And so we're wanting to, been trying to work on some ways that we can assist those families to make it easier for their kids to head off to capital cities to go to school. Yep, fantastic. What about the, has the milk issue been a big issue down there? I know the farmers... Oh, absolutely, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. So Victoria is a powerhouse for dairy industry in Australia um, post-deregulation back in the early 2000s. So Murray Goulburn's decision to... um, backload farmers, their, their members as a cooperative uh, with with that milk price uh, has really significantly impacted on communities in north central Victoria, Shepparton and the like, uh, even down south in South Gippsland and obviously um, southwest coast. So we're seeing farmers uh, actually having to look at their cost of production, look at how their systems are operating on farm. I think when I talk to local farmers, they cop it on the chin. They said, you know, uh, we've this has been a really difficult time, but prices go up and down. I think what, the part that they're struggling with is if they had have known the payout price was going to be so low uh, at the start of the year, they would have been able to adjust their systems appropriately mm. to take account for that, to have it sort of... Um, Loaded up on them in the manner it has been yeah. uh, has been really challenging, but I guess as a government uh, we've put household um, payments on the table, which brings cash in onto the table as soon as possible, but also some really low interest rate loans so that they can, if they want to, for instance, those Fonterra suppliers that are locked in for a loan at X interest rate, uh, the government's interest rate will be lower. So if they want to move supply their supply around, they'll have the freedom to do so. Yeah, I'm surprised they, they backloaded them with the retrospective pricing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think that was even legal, but apparently you can. Yeah, look, it is, uh, but um, it's really disappointing because our farmers are really innovative and they are super, super businessmen and women. And so if you give them the price, they'll set their uh, business model accordingly. And so I think that's the really, really disappointing uh factor within the Murray Goulburn decision that it is um, retrospective. Uh, But, um, you know, we're going to go on. I think the the dairy industry, thanks to international factors, is uh, going to go through a tough period for the next couple of years. But the long-term prospectus, if you like, for the dairy industry is really, really strong. I I know New Zealand as a a dairy powerhouse is also uh, going through similar, similar difficulties while Europe has taken off their subsidy model there. Their supply has gone through the roof. There's been issues in Russia and combined with the Australian dollar uh, are really lead to a challenging environment for dairy. Mm, and I noticed... Uh, it's well, been great, though, I think, <laughs> Jason. I, what yeah. I've really enjoyed, I think, is watching the consumers, you know. That's what I was going to say, there. yep, 100%. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we saw that happen with SPC Ardmona a couple of years ago yep, when yep. 
mums and dads, um, people in the city, people in the country made deliberate choices about the type of product to purchase and to actually think about uh, where their dollar was going. And I think that's a really powerful message of support to the farming communities, but also uh, drives more dollar back to the farmers rather than to Safeland Coles. Yeah, I did go to my local uh, supermarket as well and noticed, you know, a lot of the a lot of those ones were sold. So, and a lot of the cheaper ones, and you know, they were trying to push on. You know, people just weren't <laughs> buying them. So, I mean, it was good power of the people to say, no, we're not going to be, you know, bullied into sort of purchasing these products at a cheaper price at the at the expense of our farmers. Absolutely, and I think that's a really key thing to remember that. As consumers, we do have power when we all act together. It can make pretty significant impact. Uh, we've just got to keep remembering that as we go, you know, next year, when maybe this isn't front of mind topic for everybody, that our farmers still need us to be purchasing that label, that Devondale product um, from their Coles or their Safeway um, supermarket. Absolutely. I know you've been a pretty strong advocate for shooters in the past. I mean, what do you enjoy mm. specifically, you, Bridget, about the shooting sports? And, and one, what do you enjoy shooting and why do you enjoy shooting? I love being, I love the outdoors. So I really, really enjoy um, the whole, you know, even, even just sitting uh, in the hide, waiting, listening, um, watching. Uh, even if you don't get to shoot anything, being outside, I think, waist, yeah. waist high in water is still a pretty enjoyable, watching the sunrise, pretty way, enjoyable way to spend the day. Um, I think there's also that personal challenge. I like to personally challenge myself and um, pitting myself against the bird or against the prey, I think, uh, you know, it's challenging and I'm learning and I, I, I enjoy that sort of aspect of it. And there is an instant feedback, if you like. A lot of sports you do, you don't get that instant feedback. But uh, with shooting, you do. You either hit the target or you don't. That's and right, then yep. trying to always get better and better. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I had an opportunity on the weekend to head up into the Alpine National Park. Um, dinner plane was celebrating 30 years. And on the, while I was up there, I met one of our biathletes uh, who was up there for the cross-country and obviously... Uh, the the rifle work um, and it was just so fascinating to watch her go through her sport and um, you know they have to go on say a 7k cross country still huffing and puffing rip the rifle off their back lie on their stomach shoot the target (laughs) get up and go again so I just think I love the diversity I think when uh, there's something for everybody in the shooting sport And it doesn't matter whether you like Western Action or Rifle or Clay Target, uh, you'll find something uh, to suit every person. So, And indeed, the whole hanging out with the guys is also a big part of it, I think. Oh, very good. I know we said on the last show you were... I think we said you were going to or you had gotten your duck hunting permit. Now, I'm pretty sure you told a, a story yes. at the at the SSA Sydney AGM. Now, how did you go with that? Did you Did you get it done and what happened? Yes, I did. I got my duck hunting permit uh, and I had an absolute ball. Uh, I was down in South Gippsland with the field and game guys and uh, sitting in a hide with the lovely Labrador and um, got my five, didn't get any more, and uh, plucked them myself and obviously they're still in the the freezer. So I'm, I, wish, 
I think my current job doesn't really allow me to do the kind of um, cooking I'd like. But if anyone's <laughs> got any good recipes, please send them. Oh, send there's them plenty in. of recipes. If you've got to try certain ones, it does take a little bit to get it right. Sometimes, you know, it can be difficult and they don't turn out so well. And other times you think, what did I do? I did the same thing, <laughs> but it's just not working. Oh, good yeah, look, I, I didn't get out this season, which was a disappointing. So um, I'm looking forward to next season. I did get to do some geese over mangoes uh, up in Oh, Darwin. no, I've been dying to yeah. do that. I just can't, you know, <laughs> the benefits of being a senator, eh? <laughs> oh, it was a fantastic opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I took it with uh, Nigel Scullion, the National Party leader in the Senate, and um, we were out there with the guys and, again, just um, out there in the dawn. I, I, I think it's just about being outside and being in the natural environment that I really, really love. Yeah, I know when women getting into shooting, I know you've been a big proponent of that. What's it like being a woman, you know, in shooting, dealing with other men? I know some women say sometimes it can be daunting, but eventually they're you know, welcome with open arms and, and, they, and, and, and people are able to help them. So how important mm. is it to get the women into shooting and, and hunting the sports? Oh, look, I find it's really interesting. I, I've never had an issue. I guess I, I work in a pretty male-dominated workplace. And yep. um, prior to... Um, getting into Parliament, I was in the phys ed sort of mathematics area. Again, pretty male-dominated, so it really doesn't bother me, uh, that sort of gender issue. I think what I have noticed is, though, when other women know that I shoot or hunt or am holding a, a come-try day, they get very excited, they want to come and have a go. And I think getting more women involved is just so important. Like in any sport, I just see it as important as getting more women out there running or playing tennis or hockey. Uh, just getting people out there active, socialising and uh, working on a hobby that they can actually personally succeed in really brings so much tangible value. I also think the, the greater we grow the sport and greater we grow the activity, the more advocates we have out there in the community. I mean, the fact that we've um, gun ownership is uh, nearly back to where it was uh, it's just trending up all the time. More and more people right across Australia are turning on and tuning in to the benefits of it and how much fun it is and enjoyable. I think that's a positive thing because uh, they'll be telling their friends and family and the more people we can have out there in the community being proud, positive advocates for us, I think the better that public conversation and debate is going to be for us. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. Spiker are Australia's largest brand of gun safes, shooting accessories and hunting gear and are owned and operated here in Australia. Spiker Gear is now nationally recognised as the number one choice for all Australian hunters and shooters. Head to your local gun shop and check out Spiker's quality gun safes and equipment. Visit spiker.com.au and get outside. 
Fantastic. What is the, just for my listeners, we're doing sort of an election special. What's the Nationals' either thoughts and or policy, you know, on firearms in regards to, you know, obviously people, you know, to have them for legal law-abiding uses, hunting, you know, shooting, yeah. target shooting, whatever it may be. What's their either policy or thoughts on firearms? Well, we're incredibly supportive. Obviously, um, the National Party absolutely sees the positive social benefits, the environmental benefits for dealing with our feral uh, animal populations out there in regional areas, our national parks, we're supportive of that. We also see that there's a great economic return. We know that the Victorian National Party, when they were in government at a state level in Victoria, uh, commissioned an inquiry into actually trying to quantify what that economic benefit of hunting was to the Victorian economy. And, you know, it was significantly hundreds of millions of dollars, thousands of jobs. And I think, and that's just hunting, that didn't include the shooting aspect of it. So what we'd like to see as federal nationals is uh, a national, a federal examination of the economic contribution that hunting and shooting brings to the Australian economy. You think about all our dealers, you think about all our sporting clubs, there is a lot of money um, being contributed to our GDP as a result of hunters and shooters, and that needs to be recognised. We also would be wanting to promote um, tourism, similar to what the NT has been able to do more recently. I think there's a great opportunity for Australia uh, going forward to actually promote those sort of international, if you like, hunting opportunities and grow that regional tourist dollar. I think we also need to look at safety and wanting to uh, increase funding to safety councils, I think would be something we'd also look. And getting the data right. Too often it's easy for those who are not our friends. Uh, the Greens? Make... Is that one of them? <laughs> <laughs> the Greens? They're you always, heard me, you know... brother. You heard me. Um, <laughs> absolutely. To, to make arguments out there in the public, in the media, using figures that we know are rubbery, that don't have any sound scientific basis. And I think we need to uh, get some rigour around the collection, storage and sharing of data between the jurisdictions. Mm. Uh, before we start reviewing the National Firearms Agreement and, and categories, etc., why don't we actually get some consistency between states, right? Yeah, that's First. true. And, and I'd like to sort of see um, that sort of approach rather than going hell for leather for some sort of national review. Mm. I think, you know, that's probably where we're headed. Yeah, there's definitely some firearms too that, you know, you can own in Queensland, in Victoria, you know, but you can't own in New South Wales based yeah. on, well, this this looks a little bit scary. I mean, even certain bolt actions, I mean, even New South Wales, and there's a Ruger Precision, it's sort of a target mm. rifle, you know, it's black, they reckon it looks scary, and, you know, it's banned in New South Wales, but, and it's a bolt action, it falls under the, the category, you know, category B of the the National Firearms Agreement, yet, you know, other, other states, you can have it, uh, and in, in New South South Wales, you can't have it. I mean, we, we definitely need to start looking ridiculous. at these appearance laws, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and things look scary to people who don't know about them, right? And that's where I think that positive advocacy, that um, calm, rational conversation, us as users and enjoyers need to be really proud and positive um, and rational in this sort of public debate so that we demystify I think for 20 years it's all been a bit of a mystery um, since Port Arthur, uh, firearm owners and firearms. And it's only now I think we're starting to um, have that conversation in the public where 
hang on, there's nothing scary about this. Come and try it. Come and hang out with us. You know, we're regular folk just like you. And, uh, and the more we can do that with the wider community, the harder it will be for those who are against us to make those sort of uh, accusations and policy decisions because they won't be scary. People will say, well, hang on, that's just a bold action. I saw that the other day down at my local club. Yeah. Yep. What about the Greens in Victoria? Do you think this election they will, you know, gain a stronger foothold? We know we'd had the uh was it the inquiring into banning of semi automatic handguns mm. where the uh, the information was fantastic by uh local police forces in firearms are being mm. imported into the country. Uh and you yep. and, I think it was you and David Lineholm. This is the first time I saw you, Bridget, and I was like, Who is the <laughs> who is this woman? She's fantastic. And you know, oh, thanks, Jason. Yeah, I know. I just was there. And when the questions you were asking, I was like, very forward, very to the point. And I was like, oh, I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so. Yeah, look, I, I think we really uh, won the day with that particular Senate inquiry. I think, again, we were calm. We were to the point. We weren't emotional. And as an industry, as a group, you know, every single uh, witness that came forward just spoke positively about our sport and about hunting and the contribution it makes to community so that really they had nothing to grab hold of in the end to sort of try and make their case. And I thought it was very, very powerful, almost a turning point for us in that public conversation. So we've just got to keep it up. Um, in terms of, you're saying the Greens? Yeah, the Greens well, foothold. Well, everywhere you know, I go, everywhere <laughs> I go, they are <laughs> making, uh, you know, false accusations uh, on one hand, saying they understand regional rural communities when it is absolutely clear they do not. If they understood it, they'd they'd get it that you can have a logging industry that's sustainably managed and national parks at the same time instead of one or the other. You know, they'd get that we can have a fishing industry that has world-class management practices that ensure we don't, you know, fish out uh, the oceans, but we can also... Um, you know, not have we can also have uh, fishing boats collecting collecting food because that's sustainable. I'd much rather Australians be buying sustainably pr- produced uh, fish and prawns and scallops rather than something from Vietnam, which is just uh, almost pillaging the ocean. Uh, so I just think the Greens, no matter where you turn, every facet of society, they want it to look like Brun- Brunswick. And mm. you know, for the rest of us that live. You know, out and about in the real world, their policies just don't make sense. Yeah, I just read that the other day too in regards to fishing. I know I'm not, yeah. not a huge proponent of the fishing licence. I think sometimes the funds go to where they shouldn't be going. But mm. I, I did read an article the other day saying, you know, that they're trying to, you know, ban somewhat in certain areas, you know, fishing in Victoria. I mean, you know, I'm paying a licence to, to go fishing, which, you know, which puts basically the mum and dads and their kids that might fish once a year basically out of business from doing that. And now they want to, I'm not only paying them, but now they also want to, want to further reduce my rights in being able to fish in certain areas in Victoria. Yeah, I think it's a really fine line on, on the licensing because um, if we think of the the big game fishers, you know, uh, up and down our coast. Yep. Uh, Sorry, I'm talking, pulling... I'm talking wreck fishing, by the way. Sorry, wreck yeah, fishing. Yeah, no, 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 I'm talking yeah. wreck fishing. Oh, sure, you know, sure, you're yeah. paying a lot of money. I'm going to go on a charter and I'm going to get my big tuna yeah. um, on the big <laughs> marlin. So at the moment, we don't count that catch in our quota as a nation. So there is some sort of, you know, if if Japan wanted to get uh, clever about it, you know, we could be in some, some trouble if we're not counting our rec quota 
in the total quota of fish caught in particular species. But, I mean, that's a, quite a detailed argument. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think we have a beautiful natural environment. I think we need, as human beings, to get out amongst it as often and as much as possible, share it with our children, share it with our friends, and uh, anything that stands in the way of that is a problem for me. Mm. I was just concerned about the grants. I know this has happened somewhat up here in New South Wales. You know, grants are being given, you know, to these some organisations that no one really knows what they do, and then eventually, you know, it yeah. comes out that they're not exactly. They're actually trying to, you know, basically get recreational fishing banned and using fishing funds to to you know not further recreational fishing and actually do the complete opposite. So it's quite quite yeah, scary. Yeah, I, I just think it's. So important, and that's where transparency is so important, right? Mm. We need to know, it needs to be publicly available what the criteria is, uh, who's getting it, who they are, so that we can actually have some confidence in the system that taxpayers' dollar and, and fishermen's dollar or hunters' dollar or whoever's dollar is going to where they intend it to go. Uh, because you can't collect... Uh, on one hand and say it's going to go to X organisation and send it to Y. That's just robbery. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise. Got to ask you an interesting question here. might be a bit of a hard one, but I know it was on the list, so I know. Do the Nationals agree with the NFA and the Howard Gun Laws? I know a lot of gun owners 20 years later were very unhappy with Tim Fisher back in 1996, a huge supporter of John Howard. and. I know he handed yep. firearms in himself and said this was the right thing to do. I mean, 20 years later, have we, have we come, you know, have we, have we gained anything? Have we lost anything? And what do the Nationals think in regards to the NFA? And I did hear you before on an interview, I think it was with Penny Wright, saying we don't want to see any watering down of the NFA when you know I'm a big supporter of the you know, New, yeah, Ze- know. New Zealand model. You know that. And Canada, yep. who have these firearms, yep. they're not an issue. No registration, yep. not an issue. How can we make that happen in Australia with the, with the right discussion, you know, with the public and in Parliament? Yeah. Yeah, look, and I think that you're right, Jason. And, and in the Senate inquiry, I made those recommendations about the consideration of the New Zealand and Canadian model of firearm ownership. Uh, I don't think we're there as a country yet. We do live in a democracy, which means we need the people uh, out there in Voterland to uh, not see firearms or firearm owners (laughs) as a threat um, to their safety and security. And I think the more that we can bring them along for the ride, um, engage with them, that will happen over time. I'm absolutely confident of it. Mm. You asked about the National Party Mm -hmm. and uh, Tim... Fisher, you know, 20 years ago, I, I wasn't there. I was uh, busy down in South Gippsland doing other things. Um, I can only speak for myself and for the Victorian Nationals, and I think we proved ourselves in, in government under Peter Walsh, uh, and I know the firearms industry and user groups are very, very happy with the work of the National Party within Victoria. And for me, at a federal level, I don't want to see watering down of the NFA. I do definitely not want to see... Uh, any further restrictions within the NFA. If I believe that if we're going to have a conversation around the NFA, I want it to be around science and evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until you can bring me science and evidence for your decisions to change categorizations or to change the NFA in any way, I won't be supporting it. When I ask um, questions of policymakers and uh, people in that sort of area, you know, they say, oh, we want to put X, X firearm into C or D category. Mm-hmm. Saying, what is it? Suddenly, what's the lethality? Is, what sort of research do you have to back that up? Oh, no, it just looks scary or, you know, it, it just fires a lot of 
uh, bullets quickly. Well, that's, that's actually not an evidence base as far as I'm concerned because you can look through the existing NSA and find a lot of inconsistencies. So I want to say if, if the NFA is going to be changed in any way, it has to be based on evidence. Mm. As far as but I'm aren't concerned. the, I mean, again, just asking, you, just throwing it out there, aren't the real world mm. examples like Canada and New Zealand proving that? What science do we need when we're actually seeing it working on a daily basis? And I, I saw, was it Carl Stefanovic tried to take David Leinholm to task over this just uh, mm. about a month or so ago saying, you know, well, you know, David said along the lines that there hasn't been a mass shooting since 19, you know, or since since pretty mm. much the same as Port mm. Arthur. And he goes, oh, well, no, it was 1997. I mean, it was 10 months after uh, Port Arthur. Mm. I mean, 19 mm. versus 20 years. I mean, short, you know, it's basically the same thing, really. So what science do we need and what, and what would we need to bring to the table? No, I'm to... saying to change it, if okay. they want to change it. If yep. anybody wants to change the NFA, yep. uh, do not come to me without evidence. Yep. Right? Hard research. I'm not going to change it because people feel scared of X or Y because there's a million examples. Oh, so, the so you mean in the NFA. red? You mean worse in the red? You're yeah. Talking, yes. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot we can do with the existing NFA to make it function better. As I said earlier, get the different states to um, work together better. Yep. We don't need paper systems, etc. You know, we need digital systems. Yep. So I think there's a lot we can do with the existing one to make it work better before we start tinkering with it. Yep. What about the Adler issue? Same thing, non-issue at all. I mean, we've seen the, yeah, the, the some, IAC 1887. I mean, they've been around this yeah. five shots. It's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Who'd want, a, who'd want one is my question. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I can't I, believe we... I can't believe uh, Robert Neuer found um, so many people um, they, they to actually it. purchase one. Yeah. But, um, you know, being that, it's not my firearm of choice, obviously. That's but, it, yeah. uh, you know, I don't see an issue with the Adler. Yeah. I mean, there's four, I think, now. There's the Uzcon, the Adler, the Partis, mm. and I think Emerald, I think, is now... Bre- they're just really trying to crack into this market of, um, you know, a firearm that was already available. I mean, given the... The IAC or the you know, Winchester eighteen eighty seven doesn't look the you know it's 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 an older style you know looking gun mm. but it's, it's, it doesn't function any differently. No, it doesn't. But I think we one of the things I think um, you know the NFA decision back in the day twenty years ago uh, in nineteen ninety six did teach us is that we're actually in a political environment yeah. and we need to understand that. And I think. Um, we need to be conscious of that and have our end goal in mind and always be focused on that but understand that we've got to bring people with us and the, and the more sort of um, deliberately inflammatory things that we do yep. doesn't help our cause. And so the friends that we do have who can help us, uh, you know, we've got to spend that political capital wisely and carefully. Yep, true. Uh, this, was yep. A, this is a good one, recreational hunting on public land. I mean, obviously a big, yeah. big model down there in Victoria, here in New South yeah. Wales, not other <laughs> states. Um, do you support fair and equal access to public lands for all recre- recreational oh, hunters across the country? Absolutely, Jason, and it goes back to what I was saying, you know. Great. Um, shooting and hunting is absolutely about enjoying the natural environment. It's one of the um, unique ways you can. Uh, hunting has been a human activity um, particularly for food and sustenance uh, over, you know, for our entire existence as a species. Yeah. So I just think being able to practice that, um, you know, being sensitive to the environment, being respectful of the prey is what it's all about. You know, it's not... Yeah. And, and as long as it's done with those 
principles of the hunter in mind, then absolutely support it. Um, when we look at that's for the recreational hunter, I think we need to be, um, you know, controlling feral animals within national parks and public land uh, much uh, more efficiently. And I believe uh, we could be employing our SSAA members, our field and game members, uh, to, our ADA members to actually do that. And so we need to be, each state needs to be looking at how they can better harness the skills and expertise that exist in the hunting and shooting community to actually um, deal with those feral pests that are destroying our natural environment. Drop everything. The SSAA Shot Expo is coming, showcasing the shooting industry's commitment to ethical hunting and conservation. With safety seminars, workshops and gun dog demonstrations, an indoor shooting range, activities for children, prizes for the whole family, the SSAA Shot Expo just keeps getting bigger. Rose Hill Racecourse, Sydney, June 25th and 26th. Supported by Swarovski, Winchester and ATN Night Vision. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and hobbies gun cleaning products, visit redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or call Greg on 0415 495 712. Red Fox Outdoor Supplies, the only real choice for Bushnell hunting equipment. Interesting question. Obviously, after the election, what would be? I mean, and do you have any specific legislation in regards to to firearms? I mean, or is there any you know positive things that are going to happen after the election? Would you push anything uh, in regards to Senate? Any changes to firearms ownership, or more just advocation? Well, uh, absolutely, advocation and um, promotion. So I'm obviously will be um, continuing the parliamentary friends of shooters. Uh, so looking to getting as many parliamentarians uh, out there into the shooting and hunting community, having a go, having a crack, and um, meeting people and demystifying the whole experience for them so that when they are confronted with legislation, uh, they'll actually be able to say, well, hang on, I've got some guys I can call about this uh, that I know. So in continuing that sort of promotion. I'm also interested in um, looking at silences. In certain suppressor, suppressor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suppressors, suppressors. Yeah, get the language right, get Senator. The la- that, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's good. <laughs> but um, just having a bit more of a look at that. Yeah. What I think, I think if we can rev up the promotion, expand that, um, I'd really like to get that re- inquiry into the economic benefits and then look about promoting that yep. and sort of seeing about going forward out of the result of that inquiry to look at, well, okay, what are the policy settings of the federal government we can do to sort of 
help promote that? How yeah. can we promote tourists in, in this area, mm. etc., and work with our state colleagues to do this? Yeah, and that, that'll help ranges too. Often there's a lot of issues with yeah. trying to get range you know, approvals because, oh, it's too noisy. I mean, in most of Europe, I mean, even England, who, you know, obviously ban handguns after the Dunblane incident, you know, mm-hmm. most of these countries, actually, it's mandatory if you're actually going to the range and in some areas where you hunt to actually use a suppressor. So, I mean, why wouldn't it work? Yeah, I don't think people are going to turn into, you know, crazy crazy, you know, uh, know, contract killers in regards to having a suppressor. I mean, they just take that crack out. Doesn't mean, you know, you can shoot someone in the next bedroom and no one's going to hear it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, this is not Hollywood movies, is it? No, no. And I think think those criminal elements in our society that are running around with illicit firearms, uh, killing people right now in Melbourne, in Sydney, Mm. out and about, uh, they're not law-abiding firearm owners, and uh, they won't be purchasing their suppressors from the local gun dealer. No, they're not hard to make anyway. I mean, the average you know guy on a lathe can make one anyway with a couple of baffles. It's not really that hard. I mean, you mean on YouTube, you can see people using you know um, old you know oil filters to screw on the end of their firearm and using them effectively. Oh, well, it sounds like I don't need the legislation, Jake. No, no, we're happy to have the legislation put in, you know what I mean? Like, we, we, legitimately, you know, like people should be able to have these things. To, it'd be a lot better at ranges. I mean, we wouldn't make it, you know, you have to have it, but if someone wants to use one at the range and when they go hunting, I mean, it just makes it just t- makes it so much, you know, easier. And, you know, with the well, it is, you and you get... Yeah, and you sort of get less opposition from local community, which I think is important. Mm. Again, it has to be done sensitively. We have, you know, one step at a time. Uh, you know, evolution, not revolution here. I just think we're in a democracy. We've got to take people with us. And you know, I think the Rio Games, again, will give us another great opportunity to promote to the wider public uh, the benefits. And, you know, that might highlight this year, one, in, one year in four, uh, you know, that it's, something that we should all be celebrating as Australians, mm. this particular skill. Yeah, and we have some great shooters. A couple more questions. I know we you've probably do. got to go soon, so probably yeah, five or five yeah, or ten minutes if I can. Now, Michael Keenan yeah, came sure. out just uh, uh, probably a month or so ago and said there'll be no changes to the NFA. Now, also, we're hearing what they're planning on doing. I don't know if this is legitimate or not, that they're planning on changing uh, the laws after the election. So what will you be doing to make sure Michael Keenan you know, continues to be, you know, a good boy in regards to our firearms and make sure that he knows that, you know, the law, your law-abiding firearms owners are not the problem and criminals are the problem. Yeah, well, I think Minister Keenan is absolutely aware that it is the criminal element and it's illicit firearms that are getting in uh, through our borders that are the problem on our streets, not law-abiding firearm owners. Mm. I know that he's also committed uh, because of some really great engagement with industry over the last uh, 18 months that he wants to continue, if he's still the minister, to continue that regular engagement with um, user groups, um, industry, etc., and representative bodies. I think if he has said no changes to the National Firearms Agreement, I look forward to um, ensuring that that absolutely is the case post, uh, post-election. Uh, and he's a man of his word. If the minister has said that, then that's what will happen. Mm. So you're going to be lobbying for us to stop any negative changes if they raise their head, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, you know, as I've said, as I've said, uh, you know, we've got this agreement in place. Um, the past is the past. Let's work with it and uh, let's fix the existing agreement and how it's not working in our states rather than actually looking to fiddle around the edges 
and potentially cause some really unintended consequences for law-abiding firearm owners and those who uh, really enjoy hunting and shooting. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. Big question for you. You know, I've been a yep. big one on this one. Uh, in my local area, I live in Western Sydney, so we have a few issues around here sometimes. Yeah. And we see, yeah. you know, I've spoken to you about this before. I mean, Jill Maher, big case in in Melbourne there, raped and murdered yeah. by 22-time rapist Adrian Ernest Bailey. We've also seen one of our ladies here that was a nurse walking home in a park. Uh, she was uh, basically murdered while she was on the phone to her husband. I mean, every, every day there's not something happening to our females and our men. You know, an elderly couple just a couple of weeks ago broken into. And Bridget, I'm actually going to be doing an interview with a man who was a high-profile case here in uh, Sydney. Uh, someone came into his house. Uh, career criminal. He had a taser. This person, the victim, who the person I'm going to interview, actually had to 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 kill that person and stab that and kill that person while he was in his home, and had to wait three years uh, before he realised whether he was going to be charged with murder or not. Mm. Obviously, the person died self-defence with a firearm, at least in the home. Let's not talk. Let's not talk about you know carrying firearms outside the home at this stage. That's you know. I don't think we'd get that, but what about what about firearms and self-defence? I mean, isn't it? Haven't I got a right to defend my gift of life? I mean, we're seeing people being murdered. I know it's not happening to me and you, but we, you never know. It's like mm. house insurance. You never know if you're not going to need it until something happens. Yeah, I guess, I guess that comes out of the um, US tradition of a right to bear arms, uh, which is, you know, a right enshrined in their constitution as a result of a civil war. Uh, we don't have a similar culture here in Australia of uh, enshrining a right to bear arms in the same way as the US. In terms of the capacity to defend yourself, absolutely, I think it's, uh, you know, crucial to be able to defend yourself. I just struggle, Jason, to mm-hmm. see how how I can keep... How I can keep legal as a law-abiding firearm owner mm-hmm. uh, with my ammo in one locked space and my firearm in another lock space and run away from the intruder enough to the point that I can actually unlock everything, get everything together uh, to deal with that, Mm. that I wouldn't have a loaded firearm somewhere in my place to use in self-defence, which Mm. then undermines completely uh, the National Firearms Mm. Agreement. So I just... I really struggle to see how we would uh, be able to get that through and still have the integrity of the National Firearms Agreement. Yeah, I just feel sorry for some of our women. You know, they've got no option, to, you know, to them, and the courts are going fairly easy on some of these criminals, some mm. not, depending. And Well, that's a whole know. other issue, you know, uh, yep. and I think maybe our courts need to uh, and our um, 
judicial system needs to ensure that. I mean, even uh, non lethal forms are handing of, out serious, mm. serious, you know, serious punishments mm. for people who do break into the home. And mm. that's somebody who has um, uh, defended themselves, not with a firearm, but with some other means, mm. is, is not unduly punished for that. Mm. Well, I mean, we're not even talking about it. We're even pepper spray. I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, you know Poor Jill Ma would have liked something. I know she was obviously having a few drinks at the time, and a firearm probably wouldn't have been the best method after coming out from somewhere. But, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, even exactly. pepper spray in the, in the face, it's non-lethal. It's not going to kill someone. It might might have given her half a chance, and people said, well, you know, in so many situations, the, the person, you know, has the, the, the item they have, whether it's pepper spray or a firearm, is, is taken mm. off them. And I said, well, I'd, I'd like to have the opportunity, then nothing. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, the moral superior the high ground hand. is not... Yeah, mm. you know, exactly. Yeah. Instead of their bare yeah. hands... I yeah. mean, the moral superior position is not being unarmed and helpless. I, I, I fail to see how that's the ultimate moral position. I just don't understand it. But getting on to the next question, I know why should hunters... Now, yeah, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong here. Are you up for re-election as well at this election as well? I am. Okay. I am on the Victorian Senate ticket. Here we go. Yeah. This is a perfect question <laughs> for you then. Tell hunters yeah. and shooters why, at least ones in Victoria why they should vote for the Nationals and or Bridget McKenzie at the next election. Well, I am the senator that supports shooters. I um, have made clear on my track record in the last five years in the Senate, uh, whether participating in the Senate inquiry into illicit firearms, whether it is setting up the parliamentary friends of hunters and shooters, whether it's out there um, meeting. I'm at SHOT Show next week. Uh, absolutely in Sydney? advocating... Yeah. Oh, yep. right. Coming wow. Up. Great. So drop okay. in, guys, and say hi. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, love, to, love to meet you. But I've abs- I stand on my track record. I don't back away from it. I am very, very public in my support for shooters and hunters, both in the Senate, in the chamber, in the Senate committees, and out in the public. So um, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, if you like what I'm doing, please support me. Very good. All right, Bridget McKenzie is currently a national senator for Victoria and she joins me here on the Australian Hunting Podcast. Bridget, I really appreciate your time again. It's great always talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's always great, Jake. You've just been educated and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.